The Versecast is brought to you by Engine. Create your free gaming community website at enjin.com. Listening to the Versecast, the Star Citizen podcast. My name is John Abraham. I am Jimmy Croker, and Gleep is hopefully getting probed by aliens somewhere in the Nevada desert. That's not something you hope for. I, I oh, it's something he says he hopes for. So, you know, has he uh, said uh, he's hoped okay. for it? Yes, he has said in so many words that he hopes to get. Abducted by aliens and, and I believe, probed. But, uh, Sometimes we... I, I worry about Gleep. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, he is a Muppet and, you know, we all know how those are controlled. We are Those Guys with Ships. This is episode 46 of the Versecast. Today is 929-2945. Thank you, Ronald Jenkins. The intro-outro song is Try the Bass. You can find it along with all of his other fine tunes at www.ronaldjenkies.com So, um, addendums and corrections. Last week's episodes were number 45, not 44. Apparently, A, I did not update that part of the notes, and B, I was apparently the only one who noticed. Actually, I was listening to the verse cast number 45 on the bass after your rerun this Saturday and I heard 44, and I thought, I think this is 45. <laughs> okay, good. Well, I'm glad you caught it after the fact. Um, yeah, I, I had, when I'd listened to the show, I was like, oh! Then I went back and looked at it, and sure enough, that was one part of the notes we hadn't updated. Gleep, hurry home, we miss you. <laughs> so um, this week for me, highs and lows. Uh, for example, a great high. Uh, I finished, uh, I did my first episode of uh, Quantum Drive over at the base, uh, and I rebroadcasted it on Saturday, and I had an absolute blast. I know, John, you had a chance to check it out. It was glorious. I loved it. Awesome. Very exciting. Now, uh, you're not really a fan of that music, so what was your takeaway in that respect? I like pretty much every kind of music. Oh, okay. I mean, there are certain genres that I like actively seek out, but I'll pretty much listen to anything, and I liked everything you played. Especially Very that cool. Muse song. I don't think I'm. It, it sounded kind of familiar, but like just hearing it again, um, kind of reminded me that Muse is pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny. I um, I've kind of charted out the next uh, like the first two months of shows, and I had to keep reminding myself not to use Muse over and over again because they really just fit so well into the uh, Star Citizen universe. Yeah. But uh, but a low. Um, I got to see uh, Doctor Who uh, premiered uh, two weeks ago, and this week's episode they introduced a new sonic screwdriver, and the sonic screwdriver is a pair of sunglasses. What's a sonic screwdriver? Uh, you what what? You, I've never watched Doctor uh, Who. Uh, in English, please. You know I don't speak Spanish. Moy. Screwdriver o te gustamo que tal? Oh, God, this hurts my heart. Okay. What is Do- it? Doctor Who, historically, has had basically a Swiss army device called a sonic screwdriver. This device, and, and remember, we're talking, what, 45, 50 years worth of Doctor Who? 
Um, he's had various iterations of this sonic screwdriver, and it's, he uses it for everything from you know unlocking doors to reprogramming you know software on a computer. It's basically like I said, it's his Swiss Army knife. So usually, when you get a new doctor, um, they'll they'll keep the old doctor's sonic screwdriver. You know how that works, right? The doctor thing. Yeah. No, you don't, do you? Well, I I know that like they switch out the doctors. Well, he's a time lord, and he oh bas- the the previous doctor dies. Right? Well, he doesn't he doesn't really die. Uh, the the body he's inhabiting will die, and okay. he'll he'll basically kind of morph into a new oh, fresh body. That's right, and he and he retains all the memories from the previous doctor. Right. So okay. this is basically the same person throughout the the entire lifespan of the show. Yeah. So when we get a new doctor. Uh, actor-wise, they tend to keep the old sonic screwdriver, usually for maybe a half season, maybe a whole season, and and then they kind of introduce a new screwdriver. Well, they introduced a new screwdriver, and it's a pair of sunglasses. What forms has the sonic screwdriver taken previously? A screwdriver. Just a screwdriver? Well, kind of like, think of it like a skinny lightsaber. And, and, well, and you how do know they how, keep it interesting by introducing a new one if it just looks the same every time? Well, no, no, no. Like you know how all the lightsabers look different, but they're, yeah. but a lightsaber is a lightsaber. Okay, but it's the same form. It's just like a stick. Yeah, but it's a sonic screwdriver. It's not a pair of sunglasses. Okay. Yeah, I can understand why. See, the impression I had when you said it was sunglasses was that it could take like many different forms, like a handbag or a wallet or a glove or something like that. Well, apparently it can. That's weird. How yes. how does that work? Like what? Don't know. Don't know. <laughs> not happy about it. Case in point, a low. Did he so, use them yet? Yes, he used them at the very end. He put them on and was like, "These sunglasses aren't just sunglasses. They're actually a new sonic screwdriver." And I was like, "Shut up." Huh. Well, I mean, that that might be cool. He might have some kind of cool like heads up VR type thing going on. I am not happy. My my Doctor Who fandom is is puckering right now. You got to give it a chance. <sighs> this might be the best sonic screwdriver you've ever seen. I doubt it. I doubt it very much. Anyway, how about you with your highs? Do you have any highs and lows this week? Um what did I get high on? Oh boy. Oh, Fult- that moon. Fultoning. Yeah, Fulton. I was yeah, Fulton Pete Fultoning. Um but I saw the moon last night, and it was red. That was kind of exciting. Did, haven't did, seen that before. Did it scare? Did it freak you out? Did you feel the end times were near? Uh, I was just uh, I was kind of scared what was happening to all the werewolves out there. Yeah, they were so confused. Confused or, like, turned into, like, super werewolves. Mmm, super werewolves. So I guess the last time the super... Blood Moon happened was 1984. So, right. Okay. So yeah, I think, and then the next one is 19 or 2033 or something. So yeah, it was exciting. I was, you know, I I was waiting outside for it to do something, and it it took a while. Like they said it was going to be at a certain time, and it it was like two hours later that it actually turned red. So. I I kind of wish I could see a how many years does it take to see like a solar eclipse? That's a good question. Um I don't know. That is something I'd like to see. Like darkness in the middle of the day. I think that'd be pretty cool. Um but the did you see the moon last night? I did not know. Um I have uh I just it was just one of those things that I just kind of forgot about and by the time I remembered it was already too late and I was already half asleep on the couch. Yeah. I mean it wasn't yeah. super exciting. It was a little bit bigger. Every time I somebody says that the moon is bigger tonight, I always think of that scene in Bruce Almighty and hope that it'll be that big, but it never is. Fair enough. Fair enough. Anything else going on with you? Uh No, it's pretty slow. Oh, <laughs> uh, li- living life on the edge, are you? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just trying to think of anything exciting, and nothing is coming up. Ah, uh, well, 
Speaking of highs and lows, should we get into CIG news? Yeah, let's get high on it. <laughs> let's uh, let's start out by saying it has been a massive news week, um, both high, both low. And on the low side, uh, James Pugh is uh, no longer with CIG. Uh, ben had uh, announced that uh, formally on the forums. And I met James um, when I took the tour, and uh, he's a really nice guy. Um, I'm sure he'll be an asset wherever he goes. And uh, also, Alyssa uh, Del Hotel is no longer with CIG. Uh, Lisa Ohanian, I believe, has put her two weeks in, and a few other people um, apparently are moving on as well. Uh, from what I understand, Lisa's moving on to a fantastic new job, so I don't, you know, I, I don't think it's our place to speculate on why people are moving on or, or why they've left. Um, but I think it's safe to say we wish everybody the best of luck. Well, well, yeah, of course. But uh, I heard that Lisa, um, her leaving is unrelated to the other two. So it, it kind of sounded like James and Alyssa were maybe let go or something. Um, and, and Lisa was just, just happened to be leaving at this time because she got a new job or something. Um, the thing, it's entirely possible. I mean, you know, this happens and we've talked about this before. This happens all the time in game development. Um, you know, of course with CIG being so under the microscope right now from various news publications and various individuals, Every single thing that they do becomes a the sky is falling type of situation. Um, and as a matter of fact, Alyssa had tweeted at one point, um, hey, guys, the sky's not falling. Cheese. You know, um, and, and again, I don't, it's not something that we want to speculate on. It is a bummer to see people, you know, leave. But, I, you know, I, I can say that I appreciate the work that every single person that has gone through CIG um, has put into the development of the game and uh, hopefully they take with them you know positive memories and positive experiences from from their time there yeah I'll definitely miss James we've uh, we've been watching him on videos and stuff for a while now yeah no absolutely um, you know it's definitely a big uh, d big member of the community uh, to leave uh, and you know the thing is CIG uh, has come out and said that they're not doing layoffs they're reorganizing uh to uh quote uh to to quote uh aaron roberts uh the uh as we announced in june uh with the appointment of aaron roberts as global production head uh we've been uh reviewing how to optimize our development process uh and the statement continues uh as a result we are moving some jobs and eliminating some redundant positions uh between some of our different offices this will increase this as well will increase positions, other positions. Uh, the net result uh, over the next few months will actually be an increase in our global in, uh, internal employment base, which, if I understand correctly, is accurate. Um, CIG is still hiring. And, you know, I, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, if they're trying to streamline, if they're trying to reorganize, I mean, there was a reason why they promoted Aaron into the position that they promoted him into, then, you know, it's an unfortunate consequence of running a large business and it happens yeah uh it it kind of seemed like their community staff was maybe a little bit overstaffed yeah yeah uh, it just seemed like there was a lot of people doing that kind of stuff and it it kind of seemed a little bit redundant um and you know when something like this happens when a person that is so forward-facing leaves uh, you obviously everyone notices it, but when a lower level dev that's doing something smaller uh, that isn't on videos and Twitter and all this stuff, uh, we don't hear about that. Yeah, so, no, no. And we've when we've touched on that in the past too. It's, you're absolutely right. It's just we don't even notice those people coming and going. Yeah. So with this streamlining, those kind of people might be leaving as well. So and. And we'll never know unless some like private investigator figures that stuff out. But um, if if they're streamlining and you know trying to put different resources in other places, then it's hopefully it's a good thing. I mean, I I don't think that they're like hurting or anything. 
uh, it just it it feels like streamlining to me. Yeah, I, I mean, I would say the same thing. It, it based on the people that that may or may not have been let go, and and some of the people that have left, it does seem like there is some streamlining going on, and they're not really laying off or in trouble. I think one of the problems, though, in general, I think this speaks to a bigger issue that's going on right now, is every single thing CIG does is being picked apart, you know, on the internet to the nth degree. And, you know, there are some, there are some valid concerns out there. I I mean, the original, some original kickstart, Kickstarter uh, folks, you know, have legitimate concerns about the delays in the game. With that being said, I think we all know with game development that it's not unusual for a game to be one, two years delayed. It happens. Um, but every single thing that CIG is doing right now, to the point where they had a um, they had a script reading, uh, I think about a week or so ago. Did you catch that? Not for the game. It was something unrelated. Um, I didn't follow it too co- closely because it wasn't for the actual game. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. They're, they seemed like they were inviting some people in for either a play or a movie or something to do some sort of script reading. And all of a sudden, this became this big thing on the internet about this is what CIG is doing with your money. And it's just like, come on, man. Like, they're having some fun. It's I didn't not... even hear about that. Yeah, it was like some little table reading that they did one night, and it was like something that they did for fun. And I don't know too many details about it, but it's just like, are you serious? Like, you know, to, to, to wave the flag of this is what CIG is doing with your money is silly. Yeah. You know, it's like, what did it cost them the, the, you know, the space in the office at the end, you know, after business hours? It's just ridiculous. But I, I think that what needs to happen is that CIG really does need to start pushing out content. And I'm not saying that in the sense of there's an issue or there's a problem. I'm saying that in the sense of that in order to get out from under this microscope, we, we got to get, get some content out there for people to play. Um, you know, we've, we've got to see that mini PU. Um, you know, we've got to see that large world map. We've got to start seeing the game coming together. And I believe that that's going to happen. And I know that you do too. And I, I believe a lot of us know that's going to happen, but you've got people out there that are scared. You've got people out there that are trolls and you've got news outlets out there that like clickbait. And not, and I'm not saying that about all news outlets. I've seen some very well written articles on this, on the goings on, the dramatic goings on, with CIG and and people that are fanning those flames. Um, but we got to see some content start coming out so that we can shut those people up, basically, and also so that there could be some level of comfort for the people that that are are concerned. Personally, I'm not concerned. I know that, you know, a lot of the things that are going on right now are normal things with a corporation, normal things with game development. Um, But I want to see CIG get out from under this microscope. And I think the only way that's going to happen is if we start seeing uh, a lot of the content, a lot of the design that they've been discussing uh, over the last few years. Yeah, I think the last few months and the coming months are kind of the toughest time. Uh, because it seems like it seems like right now is when everyone expects the game to be like totally done. Yeah. Um, and that's based off of like a two-year development cycle, uh, which which is unrealistic for an MMO. Um, so I think that they do need to start getting that stuff out, and once they do, then people will start getting happy. Yeah. Um, I- I, well, I'd imagine it's like they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. I would imagine that they've got all this great stuff that's so close to completion, like, for example, Star Marine. But, you know, it's like if you put it out broken, you're never going to hear the end of it. Yeah. If you wait too long, then you're just getting flamed constantly. So, I mean, I feel for them. You know, I, I know that they're working hard. I, I, I've seen it firsthand. And I know that people are pouring their heart and soul into it. And I know it's going to be an amazing project, but... Yeah, I, unfortunately, I think the only way they're going to get out from under this microscope is got to start getting that content out. Yeah, it's kind of a tricky situation because the people that aren't concerned about it are the people that are listening to everything that they say and all, seeing all the stuff that they put out. Um, and then the people that are complaining are the people that don't actually know what's going on. So, it, And the news outlets are always going to be... the 
it's just the news outlets are the worst because they post about Star Citizen and how it's not finished. And then all these people that have nothing, they have no idea what it is. They've only heard about a Kickstarter that ended like two and a half years ago. And they know that the game isn't finished and they're just going to complain about it. And that's just going to multiply and turn into this thing where people say it's never going to come out. And it's just really bad. I think it's bad PR for them. Yeah, um, no, and in the the most obvious sense, it is. Yeah, it's it's clearly just really bad PR for them, um, you know. And like I said, I, you know, I don't I don't want to bash on the news outlets. I think some of them do a very good job in general, and I think some of them do a very good job at getting clickbait, you know. But but there have been some very well written, very fair, um, balanced articles about what's going on with CIG, and then there's been the ridiculous, you know, the skies falling articles, and then there's been articles that are really well balanced but have a ridiculous title, and it's just like, I, I personally, I want to see that go away, and it's just like, uh, you know, it's like, come on, you know, it's it's like, come on, guys, you know, let, let's get something out so that the naysayers, you know, so that so we can extinguish the naysayers. Yeah, I think you're right. I I think. Kotaku has put out some good articles, um, but like IGN, I think pretty much all they've put up was like milestones, um, you know, $80 million, and then everybody's like, oh, why is everybody <laughs> oh my giving God. money to this game my, that's never going to come out? My head's exploding. How could they give them $90 million? It's a scam. And it's just yeah. like, come on, guys, really? Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I hear you, man. I, I Hopefully... Hopefully, from through CitizenCon through the end of the year, um, we start to see um, a lot of what's been discussed come to fruition. Uh, and speaking of a lot of that, a lot of which has been discussed. Holy cow! Did have you did you watch uh, Reverse the Verse the 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 um, subscriber edition and and the regular Reverse the Verse? And I mean, the information that came out this week was insane. What happened? Okay, you know what? Let's let's move on and go from the lows to the highs. Yeah. Yes, I like the highs. <laughs> All right. So, um, Endeavor pricing uh, and sale um, from the Dev Tracker section of the hub. Uh, ben had dropped the official pricing for the Endeavor. Uh, the base hull is coming in at three fifty. That is the hull without mods. The standard science variant with the science standard science mods uh to be determined is 425 and then the hope class the medical ship is 450. uh the endeavor sale is also apparently going to be happening on tuesday uh which would be we're posting this on tuesday so the day the show goes live should be the day the endeavor sale happens uh, I got to see uh, a sneak peek uh, from uh, Reverse the Verse, and uh, did you see the changes that they made? No. The uh, you'll see that there's a link in the show notes. The, the sphere that was in that one design is no longer there, and they went with um, kind of side loading mods, which I think looks really nice. I think the ship looks a little bit sleeker that way. Oh yeah. So, but yeah, so we've got an Endeavor sale coming out on Tuesday. Price points been posted and. Jonto, you get to take a spin on the wheel, and you're entered for a chance to join the Showcase Showdown. What does that mean? You won. I won? Oh! Yes! According to Prices Right Rules, you won when we were guessing prices for the Endeavor. Gleep That's is right. uh, Gleep is clearly... Not very happy about this fact. Uh, we had, John, you remember, we went back and forth this week in text messages uh, trying to explain to Gleep, who refused to hear that he was incorrect. Basically, <laughs> uh, the uh, Gleep had said that he, he had guessed the price would be 500 Technically, he came in the closest. But we're not playing by who guessed the closest rules. We're playing by Price is Right rules. My guess was 900 I went over. John guessed one dollar. So if the top tier Hope class ship is four fifty, and Gleep wagered five hundred, Jonto is the winner. Always go with one dollar. Always go with one dollar. Congratulations, Jonto. You are the winner, and I can hear Gleep's immersion puckering. 
when I was a kid and I watched Price is Right, I always thought the people were so stupid for guessing $1. Because nothing is $1. And now you know. Now I know. Always guess $1. (laughs) Always guess $1. Um, So in uh, Reverse the Verse, the standard Reverse the Verse, uh, Tony Z is working on the science doc, which makes sense. Uh, I'm going to assume we'll see that on Tuesday when we see the Endeavor sale. Uh, The new CCU, the cross-chassis upgrade system, is in testing. Uh, First iteration will feature uh, upgrades and uh, side grades, uh, and downgrades are coming down the road. What's a side grade? A side grade would be something that is of similar price uh, or or, relatively similar. It's not necessarily an upgrade from, let's say, a freelancer to a freelancer max. It's really more of a side grade where it's like it's just a different it's a different ship that's got different functionality that's similar in price. And you can't do that now? Uh, no, not in the current uh, CCU system. And the current CCU system is very confusing. Um, I've, I've waded through it a couple of times and at the current you can only do upgrades. So the new system is supposed to be streamlined. It's supposed to be easier to use. Um, it will allow for side grades, it'll allow for upgrades, and then eventually it will allow for downgrades. It'd be nice if it was just a drop-down. If you could just go to your hangar and then there'd be like a drop-down menu and you could choose what you want that ship to upgrade to. Yeah, that would be nice. But, um, I mean, hopefully what they're working on will be uh, will be easier for people to use going forward. The um, large world map is not part of AC 2.0. John, I think you're going to be happy about this. The large world map is the baby PU. Uh, Arena Commander and Star Marine, as we know them, are still, in fact, games within a game, and they'll remain that way. The baby PU is uh, the stage for CIG to play with all the stuff uh, and then break things and fix things. Uh, 2.0 will come out uh, once multi-crew is perfected in the baby PU. So it looks like you'll be able to play with some kind of early iterations of multi-crew in that uh, baby PU, in the uh, the large world map release. Um, oh. Yeah, it'll come out, uh, basically uh, 2.0 will come out of testing in the baby PU, and then they mention things like salvage, mining, exploration, um, can basically all be tossed into the baby PU, or also called the Exoverse. Nice. Uh, yeah, and so we'll see the baby PU before we see 2.0. Uh, I'm guessing that we're going to see two point, uh, or I'm I'm sorry, we're going to see the baby PU for CitizenCon. That's my guess. So mm. that's uh, I'm thinking that that's what they're going to release. That's surprising to hear that the large world map isn't part of AC 2.0. Yeah, it is. It's interesting that that they're going that route. Um, I, you know, I I don't think that we're going to see any sort of death penalty at this point. Um, the game is still considered alpha, so I would I don't think we're gonna see ship damage costs or 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 um, or permadeath at this point, but we will probably start to see the features that take shape um, for the persistent universe. So you know, there's a lot of speculation obviously about what's gonna come out of Citizen con. Um, you know, are they gonna release Star Marine? Are they gonna release 2.0? are they gonna release uh, you know the Exoverse, the baby PU? Um, obviously, at this point, I think it's safe to say that we will not see 2.0 um, in uh, uh, during CitizenCon. But that large world map, that baby PU, might very well be what we get. Well, we've already seen a bunch of multi-crew gameplay, right? Which is pretty much what AC 2.0 is, right? So, yeah, I mean, if they're going to show something new, then that P- baby PTU would be nice to see. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. So um, I'm excited about that, and and that's that's my bet. I'm putting a wager on it. Citizen Con, we're gonna see the release of the large world map and the birth of the baby PU. I bet one dollar. <laughs> the uh, anniversary live stream. Mark it on your calendar. Eleven nineteen, and the holiday live stream. December sixteenth. Historically, uh, don't they do? Uh, don't they bring back ships that are are not available currently during those streams? Uh, I don't know about during streams, but I remember them doing stuff for holiday. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I, well, the anniversary, they definitely do an anniversary sale. Um, oh, yeah, they did that, the $20 um, Mustang thing. Right, Wasn't right. that an anniversary? Right. Carrick went back on sale. Merchantman went back on sale. So we'll probably see something similar um, and potentially see a new ship uh, go up for um, uh, a, a new pledge ship to go up for, for in development. So we'll see what happens. Yes, we will see it. We will our eyes see it on a web page. Mark it on your calendar. Uh, Star Marine update. Uh, they're working on it. Uh, thumb wrestling has been uh, implemented for people that don't necessarily want to. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lando has been has taken over the uh, Star Marine updates, and uh, you know I've always been a fan of his sense of humor and. Basically, he posted uh, a more recent bug of uh, a couple of uh, couple of characters uh, in positions like they were holding weapons, but there were no weapons. It looks like they're thumb wrestling. Uh, so uh, there is no thumb wrestling mechanic. Uh, they're actually working on some bugs uh, for repair. Uh, there's a great video showing uh, ladder animation in first and third person, uh, which was giving them trouble for a while. Do you have a chance to watch that video? Yeah. It looks really cool. Um, it's very smooth. Um, did they so, have a video of the not workingness? They did a few months back, um, and it's just very glitchy and very buggy and not very smooth at all. Um, yeah, you know. And now it looks smooth. great. Yeah, it's, it's slow though. Yeah, yeah, it is slow, which I think is going to be concerned when you're trying to get away from people. But yeah. it does look good. It it looks um it it looks smooth. It looks even. It looks logical. So hopefully, um, you know, they're getting there. Uh, Jukes, by the way, have uh, been temporarily put on hold, which is interesting to me. Um, Seems to me like they're like, you know what, this isn't a game-breaking feature, so we're going to put this on hold and deal with this later. Um, They're putting it on ice while they ready Star Marine for uh, PTU launch. Of course, no date. Uh, And they're looking to add Jukes back in over time. Okay. Yeah, so um, that's that's an indication that we might see Star, Star Marine soon, too. Uh, 1.3.0 might bring us the first uh, iteration of Star Marine, but there's no guarantee. Uh, they want it to be right before release, uh, and uh, 1.3.0 will also bring a new Star Citizen code base, uh, as well as some server changes. So I think regardless of whether Star Marine's released or not, there's going to be some interesting changes coming in 1.3.0. I have a feeling this is like their push to to merge the streams on the live server and and start putting out that content that we talked about earlier. Yeah. And of course, at the very end, there is a uh, lovely ballet, uh, maybe a lovely uh, bug boogie, if you will. So check that out. I, I, I can't remember what the video was. Um, it's just, uh, it's a, uh, it's a character, uh, basically bugging out in a way that looks like he is performing a ballet before another player oh. shoots, shoots him in the face. Yeah. This looked like some Gary mod stuff. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So, um, around the verse and, uh, you know, I'm working my way backwards, uh, to, uh, the good stuff, which is the chairman edition of, of reverse the verse, but around the verse, um, I believe it was uh, Reverse Diverse where they mentioned the Empire Report. Uh, at, you know, the Empire Report that we see before every show? Yeah. Well, they, they kind of confirmed that uh, that is something that, we, that they're planning on implementing in-game. So the, it'll be kind of like a, like, a local or like a local news station, like a news feed that you'll see across the verse. Um, I, I guess the easiest example of this would be like um, in Serenity, when they walk into the bar at, before, the, um, before the commercial that triggers uh, River. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, so same type of thing. It, it sounds to me like we're going to see these little news flashes um, up on message boards like in Arc Corp and, and you know, on, on other planets, which I think is super cool. Um, yeah. I love that stuff. One of the cool things that GTA Online does is you can go to your apartment and look at the TV and it will show you a live sort of like in a news style, like a like a, a news helicopter of real people that are in your instance that are like shooting up the cops or whatever. Um, but it's like a, it's live footage of that thing happening. Nice. So 
yeah, if they implemented that kind of thing in Star Citizen where they showed something cool that's happening across the verse uh, to somebody else on your screen, that would be pretty neat. Oh, totally. Well, and, you know, that, that's another thing. The um, With the show that I'm doing, uh, Quantum Drive, the music kind of RP slash music show, um, I'm really excited about the potential of broadcasting that in-game. Um, you know, in the show, I kind of role-play my character in my Herald broadcasting the show. And I've, I'm going to be recording every episode so that I can do, hopefully, a playback and actually be broadcasting from my Herald somewhere in the verse. Yeah, so, I don't I don't know if it'll happen. Uh, it just... It doesn't really feel like something they could put into the game. Well, they've talked about using the Herald to... Uh, to live capture in-game footage. Yeah. So I yeah I mean it's, so this is this is this is not the same thing obviously, but when you read the design document for the Herald, they do talk about being able to. Uh, it's a data runner where you're able to um, you know take data uh, from place to place. You're able to uh, steal data, uh, and you're also able to broadcast data. So that was kind of where I got the impression that that is a possibility. Yeah, it just it doesn't feel like being able to to transmit your own audio or video across the universe in game uh, using quote official channels that anyone could tune into just doesn't feel like something that they would put into a game like this. Uh it's just it's it's something that they can't moderate in any way. Uh, and people could easily take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen anything like that in a game other than like Gary's Mod where you can literally do anything and people have like YouTube streaming in-game. And it's just, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel refined. John, you're, I, you're, you're hurting my immersion. I'm sorry, but it's just, I don't think... I, I just don't think it'll happen. Like, I want the verse cast to be able to be, like, on an in-game radio, but I don't think it's possible. I, I It's possible. It's possible. I just don't think they'll do it. Okay, fair enough. My immersion is hurt, and uh, we are, uh, we're going to move on. I'm just going to move Hopefully on. Hopefully somebody would, like, build a mod or a plug-in or something that would let you do that. Let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, Darian in Santa Monica uh, had uh, mentioned that they are uh, gray boxing the Herald, uh, and they're uh, it's and it's looking to uh, it's looking uh, to be a test be a test bed for some of the new components that they're planning uh, for the game. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Jake and Austin talked about Social V One. Uh, there's some new props, some hero props coming into uh, Arp Corp. Uh, Arp Corp. Uh, and uh, there's going to be a new zone that's going to be opening up, apparently a construction zone. They're also working on an interface loadout, uh, which I think is really cool because that is, in my opinion, the beginnings of character customization. As soon as we get that loadout screen that you would have for uh, Star Marine, where, and if you look at the images, there's, there's basically a picture of your character there, like in any character creation screen, and it allows you to switch out your character loadouts to, to put on different armor and equip different weapons. So to me, that's kind of the beginning of character creation. So I'm excited about that. I remember seeing an interface, at least the UI for one, like back when they showed, oh man, it was a while ago. I think it was like the first or second time they showed uh, FPS and like they would show, they showed like weapons and custom, it, I think customization, but I think it was part of Moby Glass. And it made me think that Moby Glass was going to be put into the game soon. And that was like months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's 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 been so long. I want FPS. <laughs> <laughs> soon, TM. Uh, it looks like uh, female models are, models are being dialed in, which is very exciting. Uh, I'm... War one, I'm very happy uh, and uh, hopeful that we'll see uh, female models in game soon. Kind of a sausage fest in there right now. Just saying. True. 
to quote Seinfeld. Not that there's anything wrong with that, <laughs> but you know, we need we got a, a, a nice percentage of female gamers playing Star Citizen. Let's get them represented. Let's get them in game. And there's a lot of guys that like to play as women, like yeah. yeah there which are a is... lot of guys that like to play exclusively as women when it's a, when when there's a choice. Well, and it's going to be interesting if um, they have the voice comms on. Uh, that's going to be you know very attractive female avatar, and it's like, hey, how you doing? That'll be interesting. <laughs> Saddle up to the bar, and you're like, hey, baby, how you doing? And like, hey, buzz off, pal. <laughs> Maybe, maybe don't do that, Jimmy. Yeah, maybe don't, you know. <laughs> so, Reverse the Verse Chairman Edition. This went live on 923. Um, did you have a chance to watch any of it? They, they have it up on Twitch right now if you want to, any, for anybody that wants to go back and watch it. But, John, did you catch any of this? I watched a little bit, yeah. Okay, the information that Chris dropped in my mind is just crazy. Um, so f- starting out, uh, rentable hangars uh, will also be buyable. Uh, they're looking at developing a kind of a real estate type of system. There'll be more hangars uh, coming online and apparently uh, possibly houses, apartments. Uh, I said Chris was a little vague on, on what they're doing, but it sounds to me like you're going to be able to rent and or purchase uh, townhomes and apartments and houses on, on planets. Uh, additional hangars, uh, you know, uh, throughout the galaxy, and uh, and for sure uh, the, there will be, and Gleep's going to be very happy about this. Uh, org hangars. That there better be org hangars. Yes. Um, I feel like apartments was one of like the higher backer tiers in the original campaign. I th- I seem to remember there being like a high roller club type thing that you could back for. Well, there is a, there is a high roller bar. I think it's like the, the million mile high club or something like that. Um, okay. That there is an exclusive bar that they are working on right now that I believe is going to be going live in the next patch or two for uh, art corp. And that is for um, very, very high end early backers. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, but um, but player-owned property, uh, you know, penthouses and the like, um, are a long-term plan for CIG, which is I think is great. Um, I do like the idea of of having an apartment, uh, you know, on my in in my favorite location in the verse. Yeah, uh, it would be nice if it served a purpose, though. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I mean, I think like with any game, it's going to be storage, and it's going to be, you know, you, yeah, we'll have to see. Like in GTA, other than watching the TV, it pretty much serves no purpose. Right, right, right. Um, you have your garage where you have your cars, which is kind of, it's tied to when you buy your apartment or house, but um, the the house part doesn't serve any purpose. Right. So, yeah, it would be nice to have some, uh, maybe you could have like some, games or something that you could only go like it like a like a foosball or something i don't know <laughs> foosball um well you know i think it, it so housing player housing in mmos um it gives the player a sense of ownership um more than anything else uh you're able to decorate it you're able to put your trophies and your your uh, rewards in it uh and you're able to kind of log out there at the end of the night it adds a certain level of immersion beyond anything else um it would be nice to see them serve a a a deeper function beyond that but um just the fact that it's something that we will see in game is exciting for for the mmo player in me i just want to do some woodworking in some, Star some, Citizen. Some whittling? No, wood, I want to do woodworking. I don't want to just whittle. Whittles for <laughs> losers. Nice. Um, taxation. Uh, safe zones. Uh, you know, think of like, like Tara. Uh, think of like the Staten system. Um, are going to have higher taxes. Kind of like living in the, the, the U.S. or living in the European Union. And then they literally said this. Places like Space Somalia... Uh, where pirates <laughs> hang out, uh, could have little to no taxes. But, you know, it's a risk versus reward thing. You know, you can live in a pirate sector and pay no taxes, but you could get 
ghosted leaving your hangar. That sounds more exciting to me. Oh, yeah. No, me too. I, I actually am really hoping that there's an opportunity for me to live on Spider. Um, that's kind of the place that I would like to call home. Um, but I'm going to need to be really friendly with all the pirates that are going to be trolling that area. So, I don't know. We'll see. That's not going to happen. Pirates aren't friendly. That's the whole purpose of pirates. Yes, but if I'm if I'm moving stuff for them, you know, maybe they'll think twice about shooting me out of the sky. Maybe if you uh, sing that Lazy Town song. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Um, Squadron 42 will not be affected by the death com- uh, mechanic. Uh, that's PU only. Uh, it's separate from the PU. Uh, they're treating it as such. It is a standalone game, so you can die over and over and over and over again in Squadron 42 it will not affect you once you're in the persistent universe. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Star map will be shared at CitizenCon. Uh, and yes, jump points will vary in size. Uh, we know this, but Chris basically reiterated in more detail. Think mountain pass versus freeway. Um, you know, there'll be different classes of jump points, you know, let's just say one through three for the sake of argument. Uh, the narrow mountain passes, for example, uh, are for smaller ships to be able to see- sneak through. Uh, maybe uh, it'll take a little, uh, it'll take uh, less time to get from point A to point B. Um, you know, and this also, to me, reinforces the idea that all ship sizes matter. I, mean, I really want to see the dock on jump points because right now... I don't understand it at all. Well, I, I think Chris broke it down the best. I mean, again, think of it in terms of a mountain pass, a local street, and a freeway. You know, uh, uh, an 18-wheeler isn't going to necessarily go through a mountain pass. It's also not necessarily going to go through your neighborhood. You know, uh, an 18-wheeler is is pretty much designed to go onto a freeway, get off, and immediately get to its destination and dump its cargo, right? Yeah, I understand that part. But the thing I'm confused about is um, creating the jump points in the first place and refining them because you can make them better somehow. No, no, no. We don't create them. We find them. Oh, you, f- you, f- you always find them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there will be... Um, my understanding of the system is that there will be jump points that are noted on the map so that you're able to plot your course. And they'll be varying sizes. So, for example, let's say that you are in Stanton and you need to get to, I don't know, the Banshee system, right? And it's across the galaxy. And you are taking your Genesis, your Starliner, right? Yeah. You've converted it into a cargo ship, whatever. Uh, There are going to be certain routes that you cannot take because, let's say for the sake of argument, and I'm speculating, they're size one and you can only fit in a size three. So you have to plan your course accordingly to fitting into size three jump points. Okay. Savvy? So you can't map jump points. Well, yeah, there are going to be discoverable jump points. That was okay. that's that's a separate thing. You're gonna have jump points that are there for people to use to get from point A to point B at, at all times. Um, again, think freeways. Freeways are always there. Um, but occasionally, sometimes a hiker, you know, a dirt road might be created by people that are dirt biking over and over and over again. Same type of concept. So explorers are going to be able to find and map new jump points, jump points that might make getting from Stanton to Banshee much easier. You but see what I'm have, saying? The, have the devs previously paved the way for this jump point? I don't know. I'm going to assume yes. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's you know, again, it's all in development. And I'm just speculating based on the information that I've read and seen. So, you know, and from what I've seen, we will have dedicated jump points uh, that are size rated. And we'll have discoverable jump points uh, that, if I remember correctly, may or may not last for an indeterminate amount of time. Like, for example, let's say you go out as an explorer and you find a jump point. You immediately sell that information. It's hot. Everybody wants to use it. I don't know what the time frame is, but let's say six months later, that wormhole collapses. Now, Gleep goes out and finds a wormhole that is not necessarily where yours was, but is somewhere in the vicinity, but it opens up a, a wormhole to a whole new destination. And now he sells that one. You see what I'm saying? 
So there's twofold here. You've got your your permanent jump points that are part of the galactic star map, and then you've got your discoverable jump points that not everybody will know about. You know, a good smuggler, i.e. me, I need to know where all the most recent discovered quiet jump points are that I can fit into. Okay. What if you have a bangle carrier? You're going to probably have to just take the... You're going to have to take the, the interstellar freeway, basically. Okay. So... You won't be able to take any shortcuts. So it's going to be slower, but you'll be able to get anywhere that anybody else gets. Right. But you're going to have to take a, a, the path most traveled. Okay. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Um, something that I found really interesting, which they haven't talked much about, uh, quantum drives. So with, a, see what I did there? Show, go back now. Nothing. It it's the same <sighs> name. I, I was trying to was, be clever. Is there a reference? No, there wasn't a reference. Anyway, <laughs> quantum drives. Um, you uh, can go in a straight line with a quantum drive, uh, and there's no other movement. You can't move uh, laterally. It's just straight. If there's an object in front of you, it will pull you out of that quantum jump. So if you're in a system, kind of like what we saw in the, in the large world map uh, multi-crew demo, you you do that quantum jump in system, and uh, thing, you know, he say, uh, Chris was saying that, like for example, pirates might purposely get in your way to stop that jump. And, you know, basically attack you. Or if there's a planet in your way, it's going to stop you and you're going to have to go around that planet and reset your quantum drive to, to move forward again. There are going to be three types of fuel. Um, and I haven't heard this anywhere. So this was big news for me. Um, you've got your basic space maneuvering. And you'll be able to collect hydrogen via a scoop on any ship so that you're never completely out of fuel. Okay. Follow? Yeah. Yeah. So basically every ship and I can hear Gleep's immersion puckering right now, but Gleep, just hang tight. So all the ships are gonna have the ability to collect hydrogen via scoops to do to keep their their maneuvering engines up and running. So they're able to at worst limp into a starport. Okay, uh, so you'll always be able to be collecting hydrogen. Correct. Yeah, And this isn't, there's not going to be like areas of space where there's no hydrogen. I don't know. Um, the, basically what was said was that you'll always be able to collect hydrogen via a scoop. I would imagine that if you're running low on fuel, uh, on maneuvering fuel, and you're out in the dead of space, you're probably going to want to get to a gas giant. I would also guess that there will be a lot of gas giants populating the verse um, so that it's not an issue and so that you don't completely run dry. Yeah. Um, you know, so that is not a um, that is not a, a, a limited resource. So yeah. uh, to the question of what happens if I completely run out of fuel, it seems like that's been answered. You'll never completely run out of fuel. Now, the other two types of fuel boost. Think of it like nitrous for a car. That will be a resource. That will be something that uh, Gleep, for example, will be able to mine, package, and sell. And then the same holds true for the... And Chris was a little vague on this, but it sounds to me like the quantum drive and the jump drive use the same fuel. And this is also a limited resource to be bought and sold. Okay. So this makes, this makes sense to me. I think this is a smart route to go. You're able to, and, and it all stays in fiction. You're able to collect enough fuel to keep your maneuvering engines running uh, via, uh, via scoops, but you have to purchase your uh, boost fuel and you have to purchase your quantum and jump drive fuel. Yeah, uh, Elite Dangerous is kind of similar. They, they don't have the boost fuel, um, but the two types of fuel that you need for regular flight and then... Uh, jump drive you can pick up with a scoop um if you're near a star okay so yeah, sounds very similar yeah um yeah and then you can run out of each of them and uh it, although in elite you can actually run out of your main fuel and if you're not near a star then you're dead in the water 
Okay. Okay. That that might be similar in uh, in Star Citizen. Yeah. So I, if you run out of uh, jump drive fuel and you're not near a star, um, at least in in Elite, like there's literally no way to get out of there. <laughs> I mean, they can't even you can't even call a friend to bring you fuel to fill you back up. Wow. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. So hopefully in Star Citizen you'll be able to at least do that because flying well, yeah. just with your regular boosters, like you're not going to get anywhere. Like space is big. It's yeah, huge. yeah, yeah. Well, and like the the impression I got the 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 implication or or what was implied was that the likelihood of you running out of maneuvering fuel is slim to none. Yeah. So, but um, even with that maneuvering fuel, you're not going to get very far. Well, it sounds to me like you're not going to be able to do um, any quantum. Uh, you're not going to be able to if you run out of, for example, you can't do any quantum jumping. Jumping. So let's say the large world map is two hours from point to point. It's going to suck, but you can probably, you know, in two hours you can traverse that map, right? So, yeah, but who's to say there will be something there? Well, if you somewhere get, you can refuel. Well, I would look at it. Let's say you're out somewhere where there is no station, right? Yeah. It's going to take you two hours to get back to that jump point because you did jump into that area. So once you so, get back to that, oh, if you don't have jump fuel, I don't know. I don't know. Good question. Don't know. Yeah. That's well, the problem. We'll have to see. Well, here's the thing. We know the Gemini can do in-space refueling. So you call a buddy and they refuel you. If if yeah. you're in that type of position, I would imagine that that's the kind of one of the big selling points of of uh, having that ship, the Gemini. Yeah. yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe Star Citizen will be different, and there will always be a way to get that fuel. Yeah, totally. Even uh, if you don't have a buddy, even, maybe every instance will have a station. Yeah, I mean, then, even if it is, I I feel like two hours is kind of a big enough um, penalty. Yeah. 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 Totally. No, I agree. I agree. I think two hours is, is just painful enough to be painful, but not so long that it makes you want to rage quit. Yeah. So uh, there's going to be uh, three flight modes, uh, two of which I think we have in game right now. Uh, precision. Uh, that's the mode that we flip into when we go to land. Yeah. Uh, space combat maneuvering or SCM. Uh, I think that's what we currently see uh, in Arena Commander. And then there's going to be a third flight mode called Cruise. Uh, this is supposed to be a fast flight mode uh, that basically you can still maneuver, but your maneuvering is limited. You're not going to make sharp turns. Okay. So uh, I thought that was interesting as well. Uh, PvP slider, because uh, a lot of people kept asking. It's still in development. Uh, and then Chris, Chris kind of downplayed the whole kind of quote-unquote slider thing. He's like, you know, PvP in civilized systems is going to be frowned upon. Upon, You're going to be flagged. You're going to end with a 90 to 10% NPC to player ratio. If you're flagged, somebody's going to try and kill you. Um, you know, there's going to be, uh, you know, there's going to be bounty hunters. There's going to be uh, security. You just, it's, the, the impression I've got is that it's not going to be a whole lot of fun to just be out in civilized space attacking everybody willy-nilly. Uh, Chris was also saying that, let's say, you know, you if you move your PvP slider down to zero, you're still going to be running into players from time to time. You know, um, it's just, you're not quite as often. So I th the, the whole PvP slider thing, it seems like it's not that big of a deal when you look at the fact that the civilized systems are going to be heavily secure, and when you're out in pirate space, you're out in pirate space, you know, and if your PvP slider's at zero, you're still going to get attacked by the 90 percentile of NPC pirates that are out there. So at the end of the day, does it really matter where you put that PvP slider? And I think that was kind of the point that he was trying to make. But it's still in development. Um, there wasn't really a whole lot of information beyond the fact that they're really just trying to build a living, breathing, immersive world, and that is the reason why they're populating it 90% with NPCs, which kind of makes that whole PvP slider argument a bit mute. Yeah. Or moot. I, I'm, 
I'm torn whether I would want it at 50% or just as high as it goes. Right. Because I feel like at, I feel like every pirate I encounter should be a real person. Cause that's how it would be if I was actually in the verse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I agree. Um, I agree. And I... It's already going to be like nine out of 10 pirates that I encounter are going to be NPCs. Right. So if you turn it down, it's just going to be even lower, and it's not. If you want to have an immersive experience, then you would have it as high as it goes, I think. Yeah, no, I, I would definitely agree with that, especially with the ratio of players to, NPC, uh, to NPCs. Yeah. You know, that, yeah, you're going to want to have it at 100% so that on that 10% chance, when you run into somebody with combat, you've got a better likelihood that it's going to be an actual player. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, uh, just a lot of good stuff that came uh, uh, came out of uh, this week's news cycle. I was very surprised, um, a little overwhelming, but uh, a lot of good stuff. And and hopefully, we're gonna see a lot of the stuff they're talking about coming down the road, especially uh, around CitizenCon. FPS, it's gotta yeah, be, it's gotta be soon. It has to be. I mean, you know, we, we're we're really kind of dragging along on on when that's going to be released. So, and I mean, and based on based on the the weekly Star Marine report, it seems like they've overcome a lot of the major challenges and right now it's just balance and cleanup. Yeah. It feels like it's close. Yeah. And no, totally. I, I mean, this month to me kind of felt like it was going to be the month, but you know, if if it's not this month, then it's got to be next month. Yeah, I, I, they, again, going back to what we talked about earlier, um, I really think that we need to see um, some significant, significant releases between now and the end of the year. And I think, I do believe that we'll see something significant for CitizenCon. Either, either Star Marine, I do declare, uh, either Star Marine um, or uh, the Large World Mini, uh, Mini PU. I think that one of those two. Hell, maybe even both, but I doubt it. Large World Mini PU. Large World Mini PU. I like Love it. Large Mini PUs. It's really large, but still kind of mini. Hey, John. Or maybe it's mini and kind of large. Yeah, Jimmy. If I wanted to create a community based around the Mini PU, the Large World Mini PU, where would I do that? I'd do that at Engine.com, where they have easy-to-use tools that anybody can can pick up in just a few minutes. So engine.com for all of your uh, on gaming community needs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. The, we need to come up with, we need to start like doing skits or something. Oh, something. I mean, God, but that would, that would require time and effort. Uh, yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, that's true. That's we true. don't have either of those. No, things. no, we don't <laughs> support Ronald Jenkins. Please check him out at www.ronaldjenkies.com. Uh, support Star Citizen, the base radio. Uh, you can find me broadcasting there uh, every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Uh, PST and occasionally on Saturdays. And you can find uh, the Versecast rebroadcast every Saturday afternoon. Support me. I'm Star... Oh, wait. No. He's Did not here. Did you do that last week? I'm going to do that every week until he comes back. <laughs> We miss you. My name is Jimmy Croker. You can find me on Twitter at Jimmy Croker. Uh, you can find me uh, at, star, at uh, RSI and at versecast.org under my handle, Jackson, J-A-X-S-U-N, and email me at uh, Jimmy at versecast.org. John, where can the good folks find you on the internet? There's someone that wants you to follow him on Twitter and RSI and Versecast, and all the other places. And his name is John C. Abraham. Are you sure? Did you get that? (laughs) No. Oh, you have to look up John Cena prank call. It's amazing. Oh, oh, yes. Okay, no, yes, yes, I do. (laughs) Okay. All right. Email me at john at versecast.org. Email the show at comms at versecast.org. Follow us on Twitter at Versecast. Find us on robertspaceindustries.com slash org slash Versecast. Find our website at Versecast.org. We're Versecast everywhere. Literally just Google Versecast. Everything is us. 
Um, make sure to use the hashtag TGWS on Twitter so that we can find all those tweets. Um, come like us or thumbs us up. Um, upvote. It's just an arrow that points up. So point the arrow with your mouse. Click it. If you like the if you like the show, go to hub versecast.org it forwards to our RSI community hub page and uh, we are quickly becoming one of the most up arrowed podcasts and it would be awesome if we were number one it doesn't mean anything right now but it would be cool to see a bigger number uh, and then leave a comment <laughs> as well oh, um, that's adorable you just want numbers I, I hey it's fun, okay? No, it's all right. It's all right. You know, I, I don't get paid for this, so I like the numbers to go up. It's true. John does not get paid for this. So <laughs> so go over to to the hub and upvote us. Do so John, it. So John Just can be do a, it. So John can be emotionally paid. It makes me feel good. <laughs> please myself. please also review us on iTunes uh, and then email us so that uh, we can give you a shout out yeah I guess sure until next time then we are those guys with ships and this has been the first cast and this is John Cena <sighs> really ba ba da ba